Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. I'm Linda. I'm Seth. I'm Jenna. I'm Chris. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about uh, Free Guy, uh, which is a new comedy out on HBO Max, um, along with uh, the ending of Vox Machina. So um, let's see. Who should we have take it away here? Everybody's seen Free Guy, right? Yes. Right. So let's go to Jenna because uh, we haven't had her uh, speak much lately. Let's ask her. You want to give us a little recap of Free Guy? Uh, hey, I was talking about a lot of steps. I don't know what you're talking about. But uh, basically, <laughs> uh, Free Guy is a fun little jaunt into the gaming world where... Uh, we see that Ryan Reynolds' character, Guy, is an NPC, a non-playable character, in a uh, basically a whole Grand Theft Auto-esque city. World. Video, yeah. video game world. Who, because a real person who is playing a character seems to... Uh, one day walking through this world trying to accomplish a secret mission because there be spoilers in this podcast uh prepare thyself audience uh he notices her and starts to develop his own independent thought and actions that are outside his role in the game and ultimately yeah there's our spoiler warning and ultimately what happens is because he wants to get to know her and she tells him hey if you want to help me, you have to level up because she's trying to find some secret information in this world that relates to a real world issue where she as a game developer had her material stolen by this big corporation. Uh, you have to level up. And so he goes off and tries to level up in a nice way. And so shooting people and robbing people and things like that, he just like takes their guns, outwits them, takes their money. And uh, before she knows it, he is actually at a level that can be helpful in this world. And solely through his interactions, he starts triggering the other non-playable characters to realize that they can change their programming. Not that they understand his program, they just change their routines and their standard lines and their standard actions. And the world becomes more and more AI and realistic. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And it's, it's, uh, quite funny the way it happens. So, uh, I like the way that, you know, his character, um, thinks his world is real. And the only way he finds out that there are, uh, there's something else going on there 
is by grabbing the sunglasses off yep. of an actual player character um, in the show. So uh, there's a player character. So Ryan Reynolds' character is a bank teller. And, of course, the bank gets robbed every day. and Multiple uh, times a day. Yeah, <laughs> right. And so the hilarious thing is, is that, you know, as soon as the guys come in with the shotguns, Ryan Reynolds' character and his best buddy, a guy whose name is Buddy, uh, they both hit the floor, you know, prone, and then they just have a conversation like whatever they were talking about before just kind of goes on. <laughs> you want to go to the beach for beers? Yeah. Yeah, right. And uh, so the, the uh, thing that kind of gets Ryan Reynolds' character out of his programmed routine is when he runs into this female player character mm -hmm. named uh, Molotov Girl. Uh, <laughs> right. And uh, he passes her on the sidewalk. And, and uh, there's sort of a, a thing of recognition where... She's uh, whistling a specific song. Right. Yeah. And... Or yeah, which yeah, and anyway, uh, so something about that triggers something in him, and and now all of a sudden, um, he starts to become conscious and break out of his daily routine, um, which is rather disturbing to the other non-player characters, as we see when he goes into the coffee shop where he orders his usual double shot of uh, whatever it is that he orders. Linda will probably remember. Medium coffee, two creamers, two, two sugars. One sugar. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so the next day after meeting uh, Molotov girl, he goes in and instead of ordering his usual, he decides to shake it up a little bit and or orders a cappuccino. Uh, much to the... Um, uh, the baristas and yeah the baristas anxiety because all she knows how to make is the coffee that he orders every day yep. so so now all of a sudden she has to start questioning her programming um so it's kind of funny the way that whole thing evolves and you know even uh when the bank's being robbed and he breaks out of his character and he he decides to stop the robbery mostly because he sees Molotov girl again out walking outside the mm -hmm. bank and he wants to catch up to her. Um, he has to stop the robbery. And so he decides to try to do that and um, ends up uh, killing the, uh, the player character accidentally with the shotgun <laughs> yep. and uh, decides to take the sunglasses. Because the one thing that all of the non-player characters know is that anybody that wears sunglasses is an untouchable they can do whatever the hell they want mm -hmm. there's no repercussions they're just like you know they're heroes the heroes yeah of that world mm -hmm. and um kind of and there's, <laughs> yeah and there's thousands of of player characters in the world each of them carrying on their own missions which either involves you know stealing sports cars and other people's women or flying helicopters with machine guns or like we see here robbing banks or breaking in and, and robbing grocery stores. I mean, you can't walk down the street without something like this happening. In fact, even we see a uh, blue shirt guy, uh, Ryan Reynolds, sitting mm -hmm. there having breakfast, listening to the morning news. And instead of, you know, hearing like normal news, it's almost like the weather, you know, uh, Hitman Beach, we expect to have a rain of lead this morning, you know, kind of a thing, you know. Um, so, yeah. And to him, it's a normal world. But when he gets these sunglasses 
and puts them on, then all of a sudden he can see this magical invisible world where there's like, you know, um, health packs, right? Yeah. And coins and all kinds of stuff. Almost and, like, and like action adventure, like the, yeah. the task that they're supposed to do. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, almost like a super, super Mario kind of a thing. Right. And uh, so that sets him off on his, uh, on his uh, growth trajectory. And uh, when he finally catches up with Molotov girl, like Jenna was saying, and, and she says, well, you're a level one character. There's no way you can help me. Cause she's what level 150 or something. or something like that. Yeah. And she said, he says, well, uh, no, I want to help you. And she goes, get over a hundred and then we'll talk. So that's when he has to go off and do his thing. And he thinks he's playing a game within his real world, not realizing that his real world is the entire game world. So, yeah. um, so it was interesting, uh, how he managed to do that. And, and, uh, also how the people in the real world that built and designed the game react to the fact that, this this character is doing this and initially they think that it's some very tech savvy player that's managed to somehow get around the restrictions of the game and adopt the skin of an npc and you're not supposed to be able to to play an npc right right and so they're trying to figure out and actually a couple of the guys uh, the uh, the programmers that work there, the coders, are sent in in their personas to actually kill this um, NPC who they think has been taken over by an actual player. But of course, they're not able to. He's he's able to outsmart him and get away. So would we really say outsmart? Well, no, probably not. But uh, uh, he's the luckiest NPC in the entire game. That's for sure. Because he happened to buy those tennis shoes, right, Chris? Yeah. And I'm sure, Chris, you were looking at those tennis shoes. You want to describe those? Because I, I, I can see Chris seeing those tennis shoes and saying, "I got to have me a pair of those." So the, <laughs> the, the tennis blue. shoes are they're called like the. Uh, let me pull it up here. The big ups, and uh, <laughs> the the tennis shoes are basically give you this Mario type uh, jump ability uh when used so when he gets them there's some pretty silly looking uh tennis shoes but you know what uh functionality wise they were they were pretty awesome and came in handy in uh in free guys so there's, there's a scene where he's running from the authorities if you will and he needs to get away and uses the big ups and uh <laughs> it looks a bit painful at first when he's getting the hang of it but it's pretty it's pretty cool uh, they're, they're literally Mario jumping shoes basically yeah you definitely don't want to use the big ups when you're in a uh, room with a concrete ceiling over your head. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's looking down at the shoes, and it's got all these stats and abilities and things, and it's just like, what is going on? <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. Now, Seth, what uh, what is your most memorable part? Would you say uh, of the uh, of the show? Oh man, I had there was a quote partway through that just wrecked me but i can't remember what it was but i really did end up liking this character of dude <laughs> right catchphrase, catchphrase. yeah i've <laughs> got three things i like kicking ass tbd and a third thing <laughs> oh i think the last one was catchphrase again or something 
And, funny. and the funny thing about that is we find out. So this character dude was actually a character designed for the sequel to the game that everybody's playing. Um, but the owner of the company once dude brought in this game to take out blue shirt guy, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> and they said, well, he's not ready. I don't care. Get him in the game. And they're like, okay, well, this isn't going to go over well. I, I hope we're all ready yeah. to be looking for new jobs because the guy's only got half of his, his mental capacity filled yeah. out. Right? <laughs> and we see that when he gets in there, like Jenna was referencing there, you know, these characters are supposed to have a catchphrase like kick ass or, <laughs> you know, rock and roll, lock and load. His catchphrase is catchphrase. <laughs> they haven't programmed it yet. Don't have a good day. Have a great, have a great day. day. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, Ryan Reynolds' character's catchphrase. Um, yeah, so that was hilarious. I think uh, uh, my favorite parts was towards the end when Ryan Reynolds and, and Dude are battling it out. And Ryan Reynolds is using his glasses to select, you know, different weapons. And uh, you know, one of them is a, a Marvel shield. The, oh, Cap yeah. the Captain America shield. Or, sorry, Captain America shield that he's used to block Dude's assault. And, and the Avengers point, sting. Yeah, and, and and at this point, everybody around the world has been kicked out of the game, and so but they're able to watch what's actually going on in the game. So they're seeing dude and and blue guy, blue shirt guy battle it out. So they see the the Marvel shield come up, and right then they cut away to Captain America saying, "What the fuck? <laughs> well, what the hell? I can't remember." Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And uh, so that was that was cute. And then uh, and then when he pulled out the lightsaber and you hear the Star Wars theme and, you know, here we see, you know, Disney, like kind of we talked about in our last show, yeah. you know, kind of bringing in the marketing, you know, not letting you forget that they yeah, we've got all these other properties, too. Yeah, th this is this is Disney definitely flexing their infinity gauntlet of properties that they have yes. access to yes. now. They mm -hmm. did it for the excitement factor, obviously. Yeah. So there Linda's thrown up the uh the scene <laughs> where where dudes punching into the uh Captain America shield and we see the actor <laughs> saying, What the <laughs> hell? Yep. Yeah, that was that was priceless. I mean, I kinda wonder if that wasn't Chris Evans finding out that uh, Ryan Reynolds had stolen the Captain America shield to go <laughs> along with his Deadpool outfit. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, he has famously stolen. Really? Right. Yeah. Oh my god. Apparently, yeah, he like apparently told a story where where the, uh, someone was asking him if he got to keep the Deadpool outfit, and he's like. I just walked off with it all. Oh yeah, no, day. I know that story about the Deadpool outfit, but did he go off and take the shield? That's no, I just made that up right now. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just as a way of showing Chris Reynolds that he had the power to take it, he did. Chris Evans. Or yeah, what did I say? Yeah. Chris, Chris Reynolds. Reynolds. Oh yeah, yeah. Which would be a fusion, guy. Of right? The two into that's, that's a free guy too. Being. That's free guy uh, too. The sequel. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, but I mean, overall, I I yeah. thought like I think there's some interesting themes we could probably talk about because it's obviously meant to be a fun um, romp through just a fantasy. What if like the NPC characters that everyone abuses actually right came became self aware? 
Then it also it had some interesting, I think, commentary about big gaming industry getting away from the carrot player experience and being focused more on numbers and money instead of the love of the mm-hmm. game. Right. I think that was the bigger, more important theme. Right. You know, uh, at, at the end of the show, when we see the, uh, the two uh, programmers that developed the original AI component of that game, when they finally get together outside the coffee shop there, I thought it would have been uh, really cool if we see them suddenly kind of wink out as both of the real characters take off their headsets somewhere. So it would turn out that the game coders were actually part of a, they were actually in a game as game coders developing a game going on. Yes. (laughs) That would have been kind of cool. I think (laughs) that, that would have, that would have gone too far. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. But I mean, they were kissing in the middle of the street. They deserve to get hit by a car. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. All right. I mean, that's what Aaron was waiting for. He was like, so, because buddy or guy always gets hit in the street when he goes mm-hmm. to the street. Like, you're almost waiting for that to happen to them. Yeah. Well, that's why I was thinking if it did, it'd be like, you know, okay, yeah, they're actually in the game. They're in their own game. But something that kind of distracted me, like, from having fun with the movie, like, I love Taika Waititi, but his yeah. character was dumb in this. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. every action he took was the exact wrong action that would have tanked his next game. Right. That was right. launching in under 24 hours. Right. Especially yeah. taking an axe to file servers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. You, he was going to need those to run his game 12 right. hours later. Right. And then he's rebooting the game in the middle of the day when everybody's in playing it. And mm. then later on, the. There, yeah, he was more self destructive than anything, yeah, forcibly kicking players out and like deleting their characters. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's not good for business. I mean, his I think his character was just an over top the top representation of what happens when it's like power hungry and yeah. you think you're untouchable, and yeah, it's all yeah. about the money. It's, right. it's not that far different from some of the themes that we had in uh ready player one yeah you know where the corporation greed is kind of changing the overall funness of the game right yep fair enough well, i think the point of this was that the corporate greed had completely ruined the game yeah like, it, it did the and, and the game was also built on false pretenses it was mm-hmm. copied code basically because because ultimately we come to find out that that the original base layer of this game just had another layer slapped on top of it, and this guy called this game his own, um, which is also part of the, kind of the plot a little bit of the the movie. So right, yeah, he basically stole the other one one keys, uh, woman and a man. The the guy yeah, key, is the two working. programmers keys and I'm not sure if that was his really. Millie, Millie, yeah. That was Millie, his last yeah. name. Keys was his last name. Oh, Keys was his last name. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was like, I thought that's kind of a spot on name for a programmer. Yeah, Keys. <laughs> perfect. If somebody started calling me Keys, I just, I don't know. It was, that's just a lame nickname for a programmer. <laughs> hey, Keys. Hey, yeah. Air Breather. <laughs> right? Air Breather. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, any other thoughts on the show before we move on to Vox Machina? Yeah, I think I think Free Guy just ultimately ended up being um, you either liked it or you didn't. 
I, I have family members that didn't like it, and I know a lot of people that, that, that liked it or loved it. And, and for me, it was I watched it once, and I've not really felt compelled to go back and watch it again. Uh, it was entertaining. It was fun. But um, it was more or less the, some more Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds. At the yeah. End of the day. There was a and lot actually, of Ryan Reynolds is really enjoyable to watch being Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> he is. But I think for a lot of people, yeah. uh, and we were talking about this uh, before we started the, the show before, was it ends up being a little bit like Will Ferrell. You either uh, attach to a type of comedy, but a lot of times they play the same character, if you will, in a lot of different movies. It's just the same person. So, uh, you know, they could have dropped in uh, Deadpool as a free guy and it still would have worked just fine. Where to work the same. Right. And can I ask you a couple questions? Because Aaron used to program back in the day and he found like a lot of the lingo. He's like, obviously whoever wrote this doesn't understand how all this really works. <laughs> and he, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it took him a while to just let it go. <laughs> uh I, I didn't get so attached in it as far as the, the lingo goes. I normally do. I didn't think they had too many things that were off. Um, but again, we're also talking about a, a largely made up world. So at that point, you just let it go. You know, yeah. we're, we're, it, it is what it is. So I, I didn't get hung up on it in this one. There's too many other stupid things going on. I, I am so desensitized to Hollywood not knowing how computer programming works. <laughs> that it doesn't even register as a thing for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just got to roll with there, it. There are some shows that get it right, and uh, not many because no one really wants to watch someone program a computer. Like no one really. wants to watch real hacking because that shit really... would be boring to most people. Right? Not very exciting. Ooh, I spent eight hours. Just like tooling around on this network, and I finally found one port that's open, and now I can insert some code that's <laughs> not going to have any real-world effect until it triggers in three or to four months. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to Vox Machina. So, um, Seth, you want to give us a uh, a little uh, rundown of Vox Machina? Just kind of an overview of what it's about, what it is. Uh, well. Uh, what it's uh, overall, what it's about is is the first campaign that uh, the Critical Role crew kind of played, and they uh, I think this this first season is covering that first adventuring group. And for the people uh, that don't they were know what kind of playing before they started podcasting their sessions, and this is uh, Critical Role is a group of yeah. voice actors who play Dungeons and Dragons, and they do fun voices for their characters. They're DM'd by Matt Mercer, who's kind of... He's really big in the uh, in the Dungeons and Dragons world right now. It's one of the... It's one of the podcasts, video podcasts, that launched the whole live, live play D&D, &D, where you watch a group of people get around a table and play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. And it takes a lot of talent to make that interesting. Although I think that and it can be fun to watch any group play Dungeons and Dragons yeah. just because the silly, silly shit that goes on. And, <laughs> and I feel like that is, that is one of this series strengths is they, they, they weren't, 
they were trying to replicate their campaign, I feel like, and not the story mm-hmm. as it like uh so there have been Dungeons and Dragons movies before. I think one of them yeah. in the early 2000s mm-hmm. I watched and it was just a generic fantasy movie. That's all. There was there wasn't any party to it really. Yeah. And none of the shenanigans that happen in every single game. Mm-hmm. This is full of shenanigans and it's glorious. Like uh Yeah, especially Scanlan the Bard. Scanlan um, the Bard is the best. Yes. And, and Grog is pretty uh, hilarious too. Oh, I like Grog. hilarious. Yeah. But uh yeah, like in the campaign, like each of these each of the players was a creative person in their own right. And so you get a lot of these creatives together and they make some really good uh some really good shared storytelling. And that's what I feel like how this the show captures that shared storytelling where each of mm-hmm. these is a character who who kind of views themselves as the main character yeah so linda's put up on the screen there the uh the primary cast of vox machina the the uh adventuring group and uh grog's the uh the large the guy there large guy with the big huge a double-edged axe and scanlon that we were talking about it's kind of front and center the little short guy there with the Mm -hmm. uh whatever that instrument is that he's playing so but yeah they're all all pretty good pretty fun characters it's awesome and Mm -hmm. each of them has growth yeah so now what do you think about the ending so the the ending that i haven't seen oh you haven't seen it yet okay no 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 chris have you yes and jenna no i'm saving all of this when i have nothing to do because i will be the baby okay. <laughs> and i ha- i have to watch it with katie so if uh, our schedules didn't line up this week and we weren't able to finish it off all right well chris what do you think of the ending the ending leads to ultimately uh uh everyone uh finally uh getting their shit together for the final battle here and uh, everyone kind of pulls out all the stops and, and, and rises to the peak of their power. The bard's got his thing going on. Uh, everyone, uh, you know, they win. And at the very end, uh, all these dragons kind of show up. Uh, and, and it kind of ends the ends the season, kind of leading you to, to see that there's more coming. Uh, I think that was pretty interesting. I, I hope it's something that they follow through with. Again, I hate leading to there's more. Uh, and then, like, we never see a sequel or, you know, another season or anything like that. So, right. but I like the way it ended. Um, and it still ended kind of in a, on a comical nature. And and all the quips between the uh, the king and, and, and them when they finish is all pretty funny. It was pretty good. I, yeah. I, I, I like the way it ended. The voice cast was fantastic. It was. Like, the players who voiced their characters, spot on. But everyone else they got is also great. Because... These are voice actors, and they mm-hmm. know all the voice actors in the field. So, yeah, they're going to get as many people as they can on. Right. Yeah, but, and I think that's that's cool. I like, uh, really, I liked it. You know, Linda and I are aren't much into animation, but I do like watching this. I like the style good, of animation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought they did a really good job with it, and uh, it's kind of like for me, I like. You know, there's. Uh, Star Trek has two animated series out now, Below Decks and Prodigy. And 
I like the animation style in Prodigy a lot better than I do on Lower Decks. I mean, Lower Decks is is good. It's funny, but uh, it's not my preferred animation style. But I liked Vox Machina. I like the way they did it. So, good. Yeah. I've seen one episode and I was really impressed with it. And it was funny because it just flashbacks of all our campaigns. And I love the art. Like it's, I hate, especially when you have that high quality of voices, it really sucks because there's definitely some Netflix original cartoons that the voice acting is great, but the animation, it felt like the B studio. Mm-hmm. And I know like mm-hmm. there's budgets and stuff, but this felt like there was a lot invested. Like it was a, felt like a labor of love. Yep. So, Chris, to your point, if for some reason it doesn't get a second or third season, I recommend watching Critical Role. Them actually play the game. That's fun. Yeah, That's yeah. and That's actually, you know what? Yeah. That that would have actually been nice to see at the ending credits, or they could have added something in credits. Maybe scenes from their recordings of Critical Role actually would have been kind of cool too, and that would have been a, a nod and and, and kind of lead people to go look more into that kind of stuff because that's where this was born out of yeah you know mm-hmm. and i think oh man are they on their third or their fourth campaign now i don't know um I... if i pull it up here campaigns yeah i started watching the beginning of the second their second campaign the mighty nine uh they're mm. on their third campaign uh bell's hells bell's hells nice. yeah so that'll be pretty interesting. But I mean, Matthew Mercer is a talented writer and creator, and all the voices he's able to do are fantastic. Mm-hmm. So he like watching him DM is really gives me a lot of ideas. So sorry, guys. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Seth, you lead a you're a, a DM for a game that Chris and Jenna are in, right? Yeah, we're playing a Pathfinder campaign. Yep. Yeah. And I'm realizing that I've got to kind of find a way to maybe start turning up the heat a little bit. You guys have been having it too easy. Mm. I mean, I die almost every other session, so I don't know about that. (laughs) You you get knocked out. (laughs) You don't die. That's true, but I get close. If you're not not almost dead, you're not trying hard enough. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, but here's the question, Chris. Are you almost dying because you're making dumb decisions or because the game's particularly <laughs> skewed against you? Look, look, it's all a game of chance, right? You got to roll a 20 if you're going to survive. You can't be rolling ones or twos or threes. Or so sometimes you just don't maybe pull a specific lever. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, well, technically that was a different campaign, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, technically it was, but the spirit of uh and I did die. Kill the driver, I did man. Die. My my character died. So death to the moon. Poor guy. In all fairness, my character died too. So yes. in well, the same, a lot of, a lot of people session, died. We and died in the same session, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. That I think you guys session. Yeah, it was. It was depressing, if anything. <laughs> I think you guys well, should have had a funeral for your characters and like with yeah. eulogies and stuff from the that other people had to read in characters who knew you. 
burn our mini oh. on the pyre. Yeah. <laughs> but in, in those sessions, so the things we're talking about and the strange things that happen, that's what Vox Machina is about. That's they're taking what what they kind of came up with in the story and they're putting it on screen and it and they did a great job. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I thought it was very good. Well, uh, do we have a uh, it's kind of audience question time? Do we have a question we want to leave our audience with for this? We, uh... we do. So the main the main bad guy in this is is ultimately a guy who is dying uh, of some kind of illness, I think. And in desperation, uh, his uh, his his spouse decides, you know what, we're going to use some dark magic and turn you into basically a vampire. And so I, I had the thought, you know, if you were in that same position and you were that person, would would you want to be turned into a vampire or not? If you're on your deathbed and that was an option, yay or nay? Windmill slam, yes. <laughs> Linda's shaking her head no. I don't think so. <laughs> Bill? Um, so <laughs> for me, it would depend entirely upon the type of vampire. Oh, for God's sake. So, <laughs> and so I'm why I'm saying that is, is some vampires in some shows can go out in broad daylight and it doesn't impact them. Um, and they can live almost normal lives. Like, for example, a discovery of witches that we're watching right now, the vampires in that they can go out in the daylight and they have like, you know, fairly normal lives. But if I was going to have to be a, a vampire like uh, in the movie Nosferatu, for example, you know, where I'm licking, where I'm licking uh, blood off of razor blades that people have used to shave with, and, uh, <laughs> you know, and I'm I'm I, I have to sleep in a coffin at night uh, filled with the dirt of my homeland and mm. I can never go out and see the sun Well, and, you know, fuck no, let me go. But, you know, if I can if I can live uh, uh, as a young person, I'd want to be turned probably into a vampire in my maybe 30s or 40s, uh, maybe 40s, I would say, um, and then live for, you know, an eternity at that age. And I can go out in the sun, I can go to the beach and I can do all kinds of normal things. Uh, yeah, then, uh, yeah, turn me into a vampire. But uh, other than that, uh, yeah, no, I don't want to. I don't want to sleep in a coffin uh, on the dirt of my homeland and surrounded by no. you know blood and gore and and uh, <laughs> decay. No. no. All right, Jenna. Overrated. Uh, so I think I don't have quite as many qualifiers as Bill, mm -hmm. but that does that brings up a good point. Uh, the question I would have. Does the vampire species, can they live without killing who they take the blood from? Because some lore, you have to take lives at some point. Because you, you need the Yeah, well, no, like it's it's not just hunting, because you can hunt, take blood, but leave the person alive. Right. And in some That's lore, true. you have to fully kill either every time or at least some of the time. So if you have to fully kill no matter what at some point, then I'd say you're out. Uh, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> so, yeah, in my in the story that I wrote, and I'm hopefully going to publish sometime soon, the vampires have to, if you're a vampire, you have to kill someone basically every 10 years to keep your like vampire-ness going or you die. And I, I kind of thought that was fair because I'm pretty sure I could find someone to kill every 10 years. <laughs> someone who deserved it. 
I so, come on. Everyone here right now can think of someone that they would kill to live another ten years. Not a mission of guilt. I right. mean, you've been <laughs> on the internet, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a ton of food out there. Um, you can all right, still so, you can still be a vampire, and I guess I should have... answer this myself. So yeah, for yeah. me, for me uh, I'm going to go with yes, and I don't really care about the situation. Type so, of vampire, just I'm, I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead one way or another. So. Uh, either I just go ahead and die, or I live a little longer until Blade comes and kills me, uh, or I get burned <laughs> by sunlight, or whatever. But if there's, if my goal is just to live, then mm, yes, yes. All right, all right, Linda, we, we got to hear from you on this one. No, <laughs> I guess I'm the only no, not not interested. You wouldn't be turned into a van. Let's say you're 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 no. 42. I mean, we can all uh, we can all find uh, uh, circumstance. Yeah, circumstances where we would say yes or no. Yeah, but yeah. like if it happened to you right now, you no, you've got right now you wouldn't do it. Wouldn't well, who's going to take, yes. care, of, take <laughs> care of Bird Bird? Bird Bird's a snack in that case. <laughs> <laughs> That's emergency rations right there. <laughs> that are all the squirrels in the yard. Get them, get them. Guess what, Linda? We're having succulent squab for supper. <laughs> you, guys have you guys have plenty of neighbors who you've told me about. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, folks, uh, as you're listening to the show, uh, let us know what your thoughts are. If, uh, if you were dying... Um, would uh, would you want a vampire to save you by turning you into a fellow vampire? And uh, if so, do you have any qualifiers? Um, <laughs> I, I think I, I had mentioned this. So Stu Burns, if you watch the show regularly, you've probably seen Stu Burns on our show. He's kind of a vampire folklorist. And uh, I mentioned to him that if that ever happened, I would have to have tattooed on my chest please consult with Stu Burns before turning into a vampire. He knows my, yeah. He knows As, my specifications and he could query the vampire in question and say, okay, well, you know, what are your restrictions? Because that, that would have a definite bearing on my choice. So. Instead of the do not resuscitate. Right. Right. Like vamp, vampire. Vampire resuscitation. Yes. Okay. Good to know. All right. Well, cool. Well, thanks uh, for joining us for another episode of Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Uh, be sure to check out our partner podcasters on uh, SynergyNation.net. That's S-Y-N Nation.net. And uh, you can check out this podcast and all of our previous ones uh, on our website, which is GalacticDriftwood.space. Um, and uh, on that, we'll say so long. Have a great week. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Later. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well.